0: The only Warrior Cats podcast strives to be family-friendly, but we may cover themes not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: You know, the older I've gotten, the more I've learned to appreciate Lisa Simpson. Cause when I was a kid, not a huge fan, but as I'm older, I'm like, she was right about everything. And everyone was so mean to her.
0: Yeah, uh, the story of my life. Anytime that I watch The Simpsons, Lisa Simpson always just reminded me of my older sister because she was always kind of a know-it-all and, you know...
1: She was so much nicer Thanks. in the earlier seasons, though,
0: because they kind of changed her
2: character to just be the person who like nags and lectures everyone mm-hmm. all the time. That was
1: March's character in the
2: later seasons. And then the earlier seasons. Okay, when Bart was getting up to some mischief, she would be like, Bart, you shouldn't do that. But okay, it's too funny to pass up. Versus in later seasons, she's like, well, actually, that's unethical. And I'm like, oh, come on. You're at like eight. <laughs> Go do hilarious eight-year-old garbage things. Your favorite show is Itchy and Scratchy. And your favorite book, Warriors, Forest of Secrets. Canonically, yes. She would be a Warriors fan. Definitely. So we were talking about the fascism. (laughs)
0: Hello, and welcome to the only Warrior Cats podcast. We are the only Warrior Cats podcast, and this is the show where two Warrior Cats veterans read through each of the books with their new-to-the-series friend and help initiate him into the world of the Warrior Cats. I am Zoe B., and I am joined by my two absolutely beautiful co-hosts, Lola and Jose. Say hello. Hi. Hello. Today we are going to be discussing the third book in the series, that is Forest of Secrets. Jose, would you like to take it away with a little summary of our plot?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm going to have to steal myself, make sure I've-
0: There's quite a bit. It's
1: a lot happened. It was a very emotional experience. Um, but here we go. So we open with Fireheart growing increasingly suspicious of Tigerclaw and he decides he's going to get to the bottom of this mystery. He starts investigating uh, Redtail's death. Goes around speaking to a lot of different people. He speaks to Ravenpaw and some people from, or some cats from RiverClan for more details about that showdown that happened in the opening of the first book. And he finds out that Redtail's death may be because of Tigerclaw and there was another cat that died that day, Oakheart. And then there's a mystery around his death. Turns out uh he was not killed in a fight he was actually crushed by a boulder and tiger claw's story about that whole day is completely unraveling because he's a bad cat so get a
2: spray bottle <laughs> a spray
1: spray bottle for tiger claw <laughs> so there's a flood that's affecting the forest the river is overflowing and river clan in particular is really hard hit by it so when fireheart and graystripe are on there they they happen to find a couple of kits who they rescue and they bring back to river clan and they agree to, to hunt, pray for them because River Clan's in really rough shape. Their nest is all washed out. So they're do- even though they shouldn't be doing that, Fireheart and Gray or Graypaw or no wait. What's his name? Graystripe. Stripe. Grey Stripe. Why do I have Graypaw here? Anyway, okay. <laughs> Fireheart and Grey go against their clan's code at help out River Clan. They go to the meeting of the Four Trees, and the secret that comes out is that Broken Tail is being harbored by Thunder Windclan Wind and Shadow are upset. They uh, blame ThunderClan for, you know, protecting an enemy who nearly wiped out WindClan and completely changed ShadowClan's dynamic. So that's all going bad. ThunderClan's in trouble. Meanwhile, still we find out that Silverstream, uh, Gravestripe's girlfriend, is pregnant with kits. And she delivers them, and sadly, she dies in the process. Uh, very sad for Silverstream. And, uh, but the kits are... <laughs> are rescued and brought back to ThunderClan, where there is some problems. Because Tigerclaw, who overheard everything, tells the whole clan the origin of the kits. Also, Tigerclaw, behind the scenes, is working with some outlaws, and he's planning to attack ThunderClan. He thinks they've lost their way because they want to accept these kits. And he hates Fireheart, and he's just a bad cat. So he shows up, he attacks Thunder Clan, and Fireheart's there, he's fighting them off, and through the big fight, amazingly, even though all the, the warrior cats are out except for Fireheart and Blue Star, they hold off until they get reinforcements. Tiger Claw and his outlaws are sent packing. Uh Tigerclaw is officially kicked out of the clan, and Blue Star decides she's going to name Fireheart as her new deputy. And uh, it looks like things are finally maybe looking up with, you know, Cloud Kit becoming Cloud Paw, and he's now he's now Fireheart's apprentice. Uh, is becoming the new medicine cat, looks like everything's good. They're going to raise the kits in ThunderClan, except they can't. They decide to give them back, and sadly, Graystripe goes with them and leaves ThunderClan. And Fireheart is sad. Oh, Broken Tail. Uh,
0: the Yellowfang thing. Yellowfang poisoned Broken Tail. Mm-hmm. Oh, right.
1: Yellowfang had to poison because he was Tail. her child. And yeah, that was the thing. He was her child. Oh, I didn't mention that. Um, Oakheart. No wait. Was it Oakheart who was Blueheart or Blue mm-hmm. Star's kit? Right. Yes. Along yeah, with uh, yes. the other one, Mistyfoot. Yes. Okay.
0: Mistyfoot and Stonefur.
1: So Blue Star had kits, and they were adopted by River Clan.
0: Lots of children. Uh, lots of parent child stuff happening in this one. Mistyfoot being Blue Star's kit, who then becomes Silverstream's ally. She's an interesting little cat. I mean, it's, the book is called Forest of Secrets. It really is just a, you know, tangle of intrigue and plots and secrets and, you know, reveals of lineage. It rocked my socks off. <laughs> I
2: love
1: this. This was far and away the best cat book or cat warrior books, or warrior cats. (laughs) This is far and away the best warrior cats book we've read of the three.
0: Let's just real quick. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this one. And a lot of it is very emotional. How many times did each of you cry while reading it? I cried when Silverstream died. That's it? I'm sorry. Does that make me like a heartless monster? I mean, that's fine. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm just particularly sensitive. And I guess was looking for Affirmation that, that it's okay that I got okay. like three
1: times. I, I mean, at least three, I would think, <laughs> to be honest. It was so emotional. I mean, the, the very, I, I kind of like saw a few of the secrets coming, but at the very end, when Gray Striped left, I was like, no, you two, this is, <sighs> oh. I mean, I, I felt like their friendship could have been. A little more developed but even so i did not see that coming and it was it was really sad
2: i found out that the chinese translation of this book came with a 3d trading card of Tallstar.
1: that seems like a weird one to choose
2: i would die i would die to have it that and the into the wild tattoos like i, I have them i have ebay notifications push notifications on for both because i
0: want i want so This is maybe a silly question. What makes a trading card 3D? I don't know. Is it one of those like kind of like holographic images that like looks 3D when you twist it? Or does it actually have like three dimensional features? It's fraud. It's false
2: advertising. If there's not like a mini cat (laughs) popping out the top of it, like a hologram. Yes. That's how I feel.
1: (laughs) If I can cast my mind back to my trading card days... When anything was ever marked 3D, it was almost always a hologram. That kind of worked, not mm. so much, but like you'd have to tilt it just right. You would sort of see something popping up at you.
0: And it had that weird like texture where it would like, like if you rub your fingernails against it. it would oh, those are like, like the
1: lenticular ones. Those are the ones that like kind of change as you I- tilt them. <laughs>
0: what? Oh, is that not what you mean?
1: They're like these reflective ones and they have like a mirror on them. So they actually do reflect the light, and they sort of have this 3D quality to them. But if you ran your hand over them, they'd be smooth.
2: Guys, Ah. I found it's called, okay, a listing that says Cat Warrior 3, Forest of Secrets, Chinese only, Chinese, by Aaron Hunter New. And the description is, book is new, unread, gift-giving condition. Satisfaction is guaranteed with every order. It looks to be shrink wrapped should
1: Mm. i get it here's the thing i do know sometimes well i have no idea if it's like this in china but when i was in japan i found out they shrink wrap even used books sometimes so Mm. it could just be is it
0: worth a shot how much is it how much is this shipping? It's probably
2: like absor- exorbitantly expensive, but I got to check, hang on. I got to save the Barbie, the princess and the Popper uh, musical CD player for later. That's currently sitting in my cart. <laughs> that's not a joke. I'll send a screen. Shipping is free.
1: Well, how much is the book?
2: The book is $28. Mm-hmm. And it's the last one.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not awful. Like it's, I mean, it's not might great, it. but like $28 I is like a meal. You know?
1: Oh yeah, that's 28 American. That would be a lot. It's your money. You get to decide what to do with your money.
0: Follow your heart, Lola. If your heart says, fuck it, yeah, I want that, then do it. I just want to know if it comes with a trading card.
1: Can you send a message (laughs) to the seller and ask them?
2: Oh my God. Thank you, Jose. That's a smart (laughs) thing to do. (laughs) The seller is going to be like, no, it's shrink wrapped. I can't tell you if it comes with a trading card. Or they're going to be like, it's brand new, so probably. Yeah, it's worth a shot. Okay, I'm going to message the seller. Contact seller. How old are
1: the books in like their Chinese release.
2: The Chinese release was
0: 2008.
1: Okay, I mean, it's conceivable you could find it off of like a Chinese retailer.
0: Follow your dreams. Speaking of following your dreams. So Jose, one of the things that you mentioned is that you were able to see some of the like twists and reveals coming. So which like reveals were you able to catch? A question for all of us is like how well set up do you think a lot of these were and like did it pay off? Was it like suspenseful enough? I don't read a lot of like mystery books, so I don't really know how to like gauge the quality of the mysteries in this book.
1: Well, the one that really hit me very quickly was uh, Blue Stars. I mean, just looking over my notes, I just wrote down this mystery is taking a bit too long to unfold. The kids from Thunderclan are Blue Stars, right? And that was pretty early on that I, I pieced that one together because, you know, the way she looked at, like, Misty Foot or whatever. And it was kind of telegraphed. I'm kind of happy it didn't take as long. Like, it wasn't until the end of the book or something. That would have frustrated me. Instead, we got it about, mm-hmm. uh, what, like, two-thirds of the way through. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were still a few mysteries to go, which also were not as mysterious. Um, I mean, if one of the mysteries is, like, is Tiger Claw lying about what happened? I mean kind of already knew that. I was even annoyed that Fireheart went out of his way to speak to Ravenpaw again, because like, we already did this. You have to go there and be like, are you sure Ravenpaw? Are you sure Tigerclaw did this? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure.
0: That was the weakest part of the book for sure. Yeah, it yeah.
1: really felt like it was retreading old ground.
0: It also felt kind of rushed, like the pacing was weird during that part too.
1: And I like, I get they needed a little bit more information because they forgot to put that in the previous books that uh, would send Fireheart to RiverClan territory. But even so, I, I feel like that could have just not happened and it would have been fine.
0: So what's the deal with the other, with the new Spottedleaf prophecy in this book? Uh, at one point, she comes to Fireheart in a dream and says, water can quench fire. Like, is, was she warning him about the flooding that he might die in the flood, maybe was was she warning him about? Because later, Tiger Claw may or may not have attempted to drown him. Like, is that what she was warning about, or was Probably. it more like a general like be careful?
1: <laughs> when I first heard it, I thought, is this like a warning about River Clan, like the symbolic water, and you know, watch out for them? Because mm. River Clan did kind of attack Thunder Clan, or was like yeah. turning against them if not for fire. But they like fireheart, so I don't know, maybe not.
0: Yeah, and like like I I wonder if it was more metaphorical where it it did represent RiverClan, but it meant that all of the drama with RiverClan and you know, the whole Silverstream stuff and Graystripe's kits would tear apart ThunderClan and, you know, be be really sad and heartbreaking for Fireheart personally you know like was that what she was warning him about i mean probably not but the point is that it could be anything because it's so vague
1: uh one of the mysteries throughout the book that really captured my imagination with just utter confusion is the mystery of why sandstorm is into fireheart like she's clearly digging him but i have no idea why
0: well he's just so charming and handsome and uh He is successful, but humble about it. He has a lot of, you know, really great qualities. He's a great fighter. He's good at everything. He is a handsome ginger Tom. I think that Fireheart might be a Mary Sue. No. You know who Fireheart
2: does remind me of, though? Harry Potter. Actually, no. This is a very specific reference. Um, But you guys know, like, the Rankin-Bass Santa Claus is coming to town? Uh-huh. Yeah, he reminds me of Rankin-Bass Santa Claus. Oh! He's, like, sweet but ambitious, and he's kind to a fault. What a what a topical. His naivete gets him into trouble, and then he falls in love with this gal who's, like, pretty cynical, or rather she falls in love with him. I don't know. I think that Sandstorm is out of his league. Oh, yeah. She's so cool. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's just a lack of options. Like, to me, that was – because we don't really get much from her perspective. So I was just thinking, like, maybe it's – I mean, who else is there – I mean, Stripes obviously was somebody else. Um, And the other cats who like hung around their group were like weirdly loyal to Tiger Claw. And like, you don't want to date a guy who's like in a cult or something.
2: Fireheart reminds me of guys I did, like bisexual guys I did musical theater with. He, you know, just like very positive. Fireheart would be in a production of the Book of Mormon. He'd do
0: great. He would, he would be so good. The kids that did musical theater at my school were very different. I don't know anybody who has all of Fireheart's qualities and is someone that I like. Oh,
1: does Fireheart come across as a guy who's a little too oblivious? Uh, yes. Yeah, cause, like he doesn't seem to get that Sandstorm is into him.
0: Yeah, like he's not very smart is the thing. Like, yeah, he's he's nice. He has a lot of really good qualities, but he it he just he's not like the sharpest. He doesn't have the sharpest claws in the in the. This this metaphor isn't working. <laughs> do you guys watch um, Abbott Elementary? I do nope. not. I've heard
2: it's really good, though. It's amazing. Um, He definitely reminds me of, like, the character's name is Jacob Hill. And he's, like, an extremely well-meaning white ally, but he's completely obnoxious about it.
0: <laughs> Honestly? Yeah. He was so excited like he was chomping at the bit to help river clan even though he didn't have to or need to or have any reason to it's just like he immediately jumps on helping other people even if it's a bad choice to make (laughs) i feel like what you're expressing is you find him annoying i do what that's not true that's not true don't leave that in
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely enough
0: no i i don't find him annoying I think that he's a very nice. I just think that he's 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 so like you're like rejecting him. Yeah, like he's he's just very much not my type. You're like you're a really nice guy. There's nothing wrong with you. It just,
2: I mean, yeah.
1: Maybe if you were a little yes. swifter on the uptake, like when he was trying to cross the river and Tiger Claw was like telling him to go on that branch, I was like, "Do not go on that branch." Like, how could, how can you possibly think this will end well? And wouldn't you know it? He fell right into the river, almost like it was planned by Tiger Claw. Like he was trying to kill him right there.
2: It's frustrating because simultaneously he's like, "I have to figure out all of the secrets in this forest, in this forest of secrets." But also then Tiger Claw's like, "Hey, why don't you go onto this like
0: precarious branch?" And Fireheart's like, "Yeah, absolutely, I will." I think that I know why he's written like this. Have you ever met an orange cat? Yes. They're all so dumb. (laughs) They're the sweetest. Like they, I, my two cats that I currently have, (laughs) they are orange tabbies and they're the only, they're the first orange tabbies that I've ever had. They are some of the sweetest, friendliest. They're just really personable, but they are dumb. And honestly, what a move to make an orange (laughs) cat your
2: protagonist to be like, yeah, he's extremely kind. And very intuitive, but not always the brightest.
1: i just like to go on record and say I do not support the, or endorse the views being expressed by my co-hosts towards orange <laughs> cats. I'm sure there are many orange cats living a variety of different experiences and having a lot of wonderful qualities, including intelligence. Thank you.
2: Orange cats are not a monolith. Exactly. I actually had two orange cats growing up when I was were they kind of dumb they were so sweet um so (laughs) so kind they loved to cuddle so gently and often with each other like they were always like their front legs intertwined and their heads resting on top of each other (laughs) They were brothers. Their names were Frankie and Ollie. Ollie was the straightforward orange tabby. He looked exactly like I imagine Fireheart looks, honestly. Um, and Frankie was like long furred. He looked like a lion. We actually shaved him to look like a lion in the summer so he wouldn't overheat. Um <laughs> But yeah, they they were not the most intelligent cats. They made up for it in having like cute little nose freckles, but they were not the smartest little guys.
0: So speaking <laughs> of, speaking of Fireheart and Sandstorm and that will they, won't they, this book has a lot of, I'm just going to say it, this book has a lot of sex in it. It's not yeah. on page, you know, it, it obviously not explicit. It's a children's book, but... There's a lot of discussion of like mating and having kits and it struck me as odd in the way that they handled it. Do you guys think that it was handled well for a children's book, especially? (laughs) Can you elaborate what you found odd about it? uh, One of my notes says, what are kids supposed to assume that they're going off and talking, but they have kits later? Most young adult novels don't have sex in them, partially because the protagonists are kids or teens. But in this series, the protagonists are young adults-ish. Sort of, you know, cat aging is not necessarily perfectly mapped onto human ages. So are we supposed to see ourselves, like if we are children reading these books, are we supposed to see ourselves in the main characters or not? And like, how does that play into, like there's a reason that most books for middle grade or even young adult readers don't have sex in them. Or like pregnancy or anything like that. Like, do you think it's creepy? Or do you think that it was handled, I don't know, in a like an acceptable way? Like, do you think it was problematic? I don't think it was problematic. When I was a kid, so I actually
2: was a very science-y kid. I was a very scientific child. I often went to the science museum with my dad on Saturdays. I understood like basic tenets of human anatomy. I had a book that explained that, like, babies are made through the combination of, you know, the sperm and the egg. But I never quite put it together, like, how the sperm and the egg met. I always thought that when two people loved each other so much it would just kind of like magically happen through closeness of human proximity. So as a kid, I literally always just thought that Silverstream and Graystripe were like going, Um, what's that monologue in It's a Wonderful Life? We can go up to the waterfall and romp around Mm. in the grass and have a long, deep chat all night. Like that's... What I thought they were, I thought they were having like warm, soulful conversations and cuddling. I mean, they probably were having both of those things too. Yeah, I didn't. In
0: addition,
1: they definitely weren't meeting up to like discuss the prophecies of Star Clan or some other intellectual pursuit. I think the big barrier for this book to really describing it more overtly is then you'd have to have Fireheart and Greystripe talk about it. And I-, I don't know <laughs> if this book would feel the same if we had them. <laughs> those two cats like broing down to talk about like oh yeah i hooked i hooked up with silverstream last night and then Fireheart's like yeah bro and they're like high-fiving or high-pawing each other i think the book would have a very different vibe uh
2: i think it's interesting the um the lifespans right mm-hmm. fireheart yes he's a young adult but he's also kind of a teenager mm-hmm. at the same time um as we've previously expressed i think i don't know how to say this but like when i was a teenager and i was i had friends who were like what are you doing Ew, you're having sex with her.
0: <laughs> Gross.
2: Ew. Yeah, it's not even like a. It's just kind of like a girl cooties kind of reaction.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I very much. I definitely got those vibes. Ew, what with with a girl?
1: I mean, that also speaks to why he's not noticing Sandstormy. He, he's just not as mature as Graystripe.
0: So he hasn't started. He hasn't like reached the like heat stage of cat young adulthood yet
1: no spotted leaf stirred some things up in him but he's not quite ready Ooh. to uh, address those feelings Ooh. and now she's become some weird like ghostly angelic figure in his mind i'm worried that fireheart is developing an unhealthy relationship with sex um, we'll see how this series goes but i hope he'll come to terms with it and realize that sexuality is a positive thing as opposed to something to be uh, ashamed about like the way he shames gray stripe
0: so like what if we had to put a label and i realize this is a fraught question even asking it but if we had to put a label on the way that the cats approach relationships are they polyamorous is it like ethical non-monogamy is it like i not that we need a label but I just think it's interesting to they, like they they have such an interesting structure for how they go about. It's queer temporality. That's that's a good. I like
2: those words. It's not nece- It's not that they're necessarily polyamorous. Not that there's anything wrong with being polyamorous is my official stance. Um, But I think the cats are, uh, it's not like they're necessarily polyamorous, but they are not like, like you said, they're not married. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is one of the things that I found appealing about it as a child. Mm. Is it's like, what if you could just love who you love? Like little child Lola sitting there
0: like, wow, they're in love, but they're not married. That's cool. So, there's a, a part in the book where Blue Star and Fireheart are having a conversation about the kits that she had that are now off in River Clan. And she says, if a queen, that is a cat with kits, a female cat with kits, if a queen does not wish to tell who the father is, that is her choice. And that seems to be something, like, that was something that I noticed reading through this book is that like no one ever questions like who the father is of these children and like when silverstream said that she was pregnant it was never like part of me was worried like oh are they going to be mad because she's not saying who the father is but then this like blue star explicitly explains that like no they don't have to tell because it could be anybody And the fact that that is so respected and like, it's a, it would be a faux pas to ask. It was just, I don't know. Like, yeah, I I found it to be a really positive thing. And it's like, I wish that humans did that. Yes. (laughs) Too nosy. Yes. I love I love that the book was drawing
2: these parallels between Bluestar and Silverstream.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that, that's the other thing, too, is I'm like, you guys live right next to each other. How did you not figure out that the ThunderClan deputy lost her kits, And then there were a bunch of kits that came over to RiverClan. But I digress. Maybe it's an open secret. And everyone just calmly says she lost her kids.
1: Zoe, speaking of uh, the faux pas Zoe mentioned, fatherhood is not really brought up much in these books and it just sort of reinforces mm-hmm. that like there's a lot of talk of mothers and their kits but aside from gray stripe none of the male cats seem to have any connections to their kits in any meaningful way they seem to just grow up independently and while I'm like I think it's kind of cool that they have these like family structures that offer that flexibility I just thought it was kind of sad that like I don't know if, Stripe. I, I, I kind of respect him. Like he wants to be involved with his kids' lives, mm-hmm. whereas these other cats are just like, whatever. And they just kind of walk away and like, presumably they'll help take care of them when they're in the clan, but how many would have made the same sacrifice that Stripe did?
2: I don't wanna, I can't say what I wanna say because it's a spoiler, but there is a main cat who weirdly, despite being not so good, steps up to be a father. So there are parallels between him and Graystripe that I find very interesting.
0: I don't know that I remember, but I'm sure that when I read it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's a little later in the series, yeah. Yeah. I I think that Graystripe is a really good, like, figure for that reason. Um, He does, like, from the moment that Silverstream says that she's pregnant, he is immediately filled with, you know, joy and... You know a lot of the things that we see with with like human pregnancy and and you know humans having children is that it's a time for you know joy and celebration i just think it's really nice but to go back to the the like gendered differences that was something that i even saw as a child reading these books was that you know it's always the queens who have to take a break from being a warrior to nurse their kits and hang out in the the little queen nest. You know, they don't, they have to make a choice whether they want their career of being a warrior or if they want to have kids um, and they have to sacrifice one for the other. And, you know, we got a little bit of that with blue star talking about her decision for every positive gender role choice that the writers make here it seems like there is an equally you know negative
1: one why couldn't gray stripe be like a helper in the nursery or something i'm aware he can't nurse the cats himself but i'm sure they could use a hand with like another cat helping taking care of them
0: well he did a little bit right and then he was like forced out because he was being like overbearing
1: i mean come on There is kids. (laughs) It's like, aren't you a little, like, do you care a little too much about your kids? Isn't that kind of a weird thing to say?
0: I don't know. Like in the 50s and stuff when, you know, the housewife was the the homemaker, etc. You know, I've I've read stories of women who would get upset when their husband would try to help with like cooking or whatever. Because it's like, no, this is my space. I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. So get out. That's how I feel when I'm trying to cook. Honestly, same.
2: <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of this weird bio-essentialism, but at the same time, I think it's kind of, and I definitely found it cool as a kid, neat how the mothers in the warriors universe are allowed to just take their
0: children out of it and everyone's just like yeah yeah that is interesting
1: my my head's in a totally different direction uh like i agree that is interesting i wonder if there's just not enough opportunities for like the guy cats to break their gender roles in a way where they're either warriors or they're like bastards who are trying to plot the downfall mm. of their clan because i feel like that's the only <laughs> extracurricular activity there for could
0: also be for medicine now. cats
1: Are there, I feel like all the medicine cats have been female.
0: Running Nose.
1: Oh, Running Nose. Okay.
0: Though Running Nose, I mean, he's not like great representation. He's a like sniffly little. (laughs) Running Nose. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't, like, Dr. Sickness is not the (laughs) most (laughs)
2: difficult. Well, not to spoil it for you, but there are some male medicine cat main characters in the future.
1: Okay. Well, I'll look forward to that. Because, like, I feel like we've had more, like, usurpers than medicine cats at this point.
0: Yeah, there is... For being a book where the main characters, at least so far, have been all male, there's like not, like you were saying, not a lot of variety or versatility in male representation or, or role models. It's
2: not like you can be a medicine cat, a father, a warrior, or a usurper. For the women, it's like, you can be a queen, you can be a medicine cat, you can... They have so many options of what they can be, honestly. They could be usurpers if they wanted. There are some girl power villains in the Warrior series. Girl boss.
1: Here's the, I have a question about, like, the female cats then while I was reading this. Because, I mean, I, I am a guy. I'm not necessarily in tune with uh, those characters. And the main characters are men. And I feel like...
0: No, they're cats. They're
1: male cats. They're tomcats. <laughs> I felt like I could understand their psychology a little but whenever i read read, like the female cats to me at least they seemed a little flat like not as fleshed out did like the two of you have that impression at all or is there something i'm missing
2: i've definitely seen worse i mean i'm not gonna say that that claim is without merit but i think blue star is one of the most complex characters in all of warriors
0: yeah i agree i think blue star i think cinderpaw also just yes. absolutely like cinderpaw i think might be my favorite character of all of them um at least until we get like you know a couple more series down the line but i cinderpaw is just absolutely phenomenal She's one of my favorite characters.
2: Spotted Leaf and Yellow Fang are both really complex. Oh, Yellow Fang is so good.
0: <laughs> I like that Yellow Fang is an unattractive old lady, basically. Yes! And she's one of the most important characters. And she's like kind. I mean, she's she's kind of a b- sometimes, but she's like kind and like thoughtful. She's. Yes. Sandstorm does get more fleshed out.
2: And to, mm-hmm. from my recollection, she's a very cool character. And I also, I mean, Silverstream was maybe like, you know, mm. uh, a bit of a, pr- like, just generic ingenue princess. But for a generic ingenue princess, I felt like she had some pretty interesting traits. The fact that she was, like, she's the daughter of the clan leader, but she doesn't really care about the river RiverClan social norms very much. Mm-hmm. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I think you're both winning me over. I was thinking mostly, like, the love <laughs> interests in particular don't get fleshed out a lot. Like, yeah. your sandstorms, or Silverstreams. And even Spotted Leaf, I feel like we could have had more time to learn who she was.
0: She's a manic pixie dream cat.
1: I mean, on the other hand, though, Blue Star and Yellow Fang are both awesome characters
0: it's just it, it you're
2: right though it is worth pointing out that we've had two love interests fridged so far which <laughs> is not true. great it's also kind of devastating because it's i feel something that fireheart and gray stripe could potentially bond over the fridging of their respective love interests but
0: at the same time i'm like i don't know that fireheart <laughs> even like recognizes that she was a love interest though.
2: No, exactly, he's just like, it's so cool how like, sometimes she still enters my dreams and Graystripe is like, uh, mm, <laughs>
0: does she? That sounds a little more serious than you're making it out to be. So I, I don't know where else to put this, um, or where else to bring this up, but I desperately want to bring this up. I want Yellowfang to be the voice of my internal monologue, because the, the conversation that she has with Cinderpaw after Silverstream dies, and Cinderpaw is just racked with grief and guilt over Silverstream's death, Cinderpaw says, I wasn't good enough. If you'd been there, you would have saved her. And Yellowfang replies, Oh, StarClan told you that, did they? Cinderpaw, sometimes cats die, and no cat can do anything about it. She let out a rusty mew, half laughter, half scolding. Not even me. But I lost her, yellow fang. I know, and that's a hard lesson. But I've lost cats before now. More cats than I care to count. Every medicine cat in the world has. You live with it. You go on. Come on, there's work to be done. I want a yellow fang in my life who, when I'm feeling anxious, can just tell me, no stop. (laughs) I think I would resent her in real life. How dare you? But I also just hate people who are like, this is the way it is. And these are the rules. I'm like, it's more complex than that. You're wrong. Well, see, I think if it were if she were my like internal monologue, like if it was myself reminding myself to not be the way that I am being, I think that would be helpful. If it came from me. I love that you're like, (laughs) I want an external personality to be my internal monologue. I think that would bring me peace. Is that not a thing that other people, is that is that abnormal? Am I just now learning that that's not a thing that other people feel? I do not feel it. <laughs> oh, no.
1: Okay. I mean, I feel it sometimes. I think it depends on the situation, though. Like, I think a yellow fang type response makes sense when they're, you know, they just got attacked by another clan and a lot of cats need healing and we don't need Cinderpaw, you know, having a, a crisis when there are other cats who lives are on the line. But, like, on the flip side, if it was just, like, Yellowfang going, like, snap out of it, Cinderpaw. Nothing can be done. Now go eat dinner or something. It's like, well, maybe you can let Cinderpaw kind of think this one over well, or something. It, wasn't, or I don't it know.
0: wasn't snap out of it, though. It was Cinderpaw saying... If things had been different, then maybe Silverstream would still be alive and Yellowfang saying, you don't know that there's no point in getting hung up on things that you don't know to be true. It just it it felt very in tune with how to deal with like anxious thoughts
2: the medicine cats like their role in the clan could just be to play nurse basically like that's the narrative utility that they could have given them is it's like they make you feel warm and cozy and comforted and you know what i mean mm-hmm. but instead Yellowfang definitely comes across like a surgeon <laughs> or like a chemist like her personality is very like i'm the head doctor of the icu i am here to triage um yeah. everybody shut up and let me sort this out Which I really respect because a lot of like characters, you know, female. I hate that word. A lot of female characters are um, very like, oh no, honey, you're hurt. Let me nurture and coddle you. But Yellowfang is not very nurturing and coddling at all, actually. She's just very matter of fact and sophisticated and interested in finding solutions.
0: She does have a little bit of a soft side that we saw with, you know, Broken Tail, where there was a moment where she was like, this is my son. He doesn't know that he's my son and I'm going to take care of him here at the end of his life. And it's, it's a little heartbreaking. All healthy people have a soft side Yes Um, Speaking of healthy people (laughs) uh, Do the clans do eugenics? Oh wow (laughs) That sure was a transition that you just did It is So Cinderpaw We love Cinderpaw She is great She has an injured leg And there's a section in the book where she is Talking about how frustrated she is That she's never going to be a warrior And that she feels, you know, stuck being a medicine cat. And she she does want to be a medicine cat. And that is, you know, a good place for her. But she worries that if there hadn't been, you know, an opening for her to become the medicine cat apprentice, what would have happened to her? You know, I think that that's an interesting question and they don't really answer it. Uh, it's not something that gets really any further discussion it's just kind of an open-ended question
2: it definitely gets more discussion later in the series especially in power of three
0: in which one of the main characters is disabled yes
2: but here's what i'll say if anyone wants an idea for a master's thesis out there, <laughs> examining disability within the warrior series, you could write
0: a whole book on it. And if you do, please let us know because I would love to read it.
1: We'll make an episode of the podcast about it.
0: Yeah, we will. Genuinely. If you write about warriors and disability, we will have
2: you on the show.
1: But you do have to mention us in the your writings and be like, they're the only Warrior Cats podcast to offer some crucial insights into <laughs> making this- piece of academia come to life
2: special thanks to oh god what were more war,
0: warrior names cedar tail pine tail pine tail moss feather and blue paw the three most important cats speaking of the most important cats <laughs> this is <laughs> i'm You're just gonna keep Yep, it going. i am did this book predict the trump presidency all the way back in 2003. No, are you sure? Yes. Allow me to point you to page 286, where Tigerclaw is attempting to usurp Bluestar and take over ThunderClan because he believes that he can make it better. He says, "I would have never shown such kitty pet softness." I would have brought back the days of Tiger Clan. I would have made Thunder Clan great. Listen, that's just like <laughs> generic fast rhetoric, if we're being
2: real. Oh yeah, for sure. The Trump candidacy presidency is always like, "Really? That's the best you can do is like Supervillain Saturday morning cartoon
0: <laughs> rhetoric?" And this works on people. So what you're saying is, it's not that the book predicted Trump. It's that Trump was ripping off Tiger Claw.
2: No, I think (laughs) I think Tiger Claw is too intelligent and sophisticated. Oof. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I think that he's actually like a way more complex character than Donald Trump. Agreed.
1: I mean, the phrase make America great again has been used by the Ku Klux Klan for decades. So oh. I'm, I'm guessing that's probably a more likely origin for Trump's sloganing rather than reading the Warriors books. I think they're real; they're a bit above <sighs> his reading level, to be How- honest.
0: that's true listen let me have this fantasy
1: if it helps zoe i made that exact same note
2: yes great minds this is like in ulysses oh my god that was the nerdiest thing i've ever said (gasps) this is like in ulysses when um the one of the women in um, leo bloom's like fever dream play section is like yeah and he sent me inappropriate letters and then all the other ladies of dublin start standing up and going me too me too me too um and everyone always points to that as like oh my god james joyce predicted the me too movement when it's
0: really just like the most natural thing to say yeah and also it's just a thing that's been happening literally forever parable of the talents
2: I mean, Octavia Butler used Make America Great Again as the presidential campaign slogan for her character, Andrew Steele Jarrett. This is unrelated to the fascism stuff, which we'll get back to, but I just opened the very front page of the novel and I was practicing my signature Oh, good. on the front cover because I was convinced I needed to come up with a distinct signature when I was in the fourth grade. So I invented one and I actually still use it, but I was practicing it all over the pages of this book. What a beautiful time capsule.
1: I think I did something similar when I was a kid too, but I don't know what happened to my practice paper. But I definitely thought like I need a signature that's very distinct and it stuck. And it's all these years later, it's still completely illegible, but it's my signature.
0: What else? Is there anything that you guys wanted to add to the fascism stuff?
1: Uh, I'm not sure these clans are... Up to the task, or at least I'm not sure ThunderClan is up to the task of dealing with fascism because there is no chance that Tigerclaw is just going to disappear into the night, never to be heard from again.
2: I would counter, fire alone can save the clan. True. So we're just going to have to see how that happens. You bring up a great point.
1: I mean, maybe they they need to do something because clearly Blue Star was completely shattered once she lost Tigerclaw.
0: Yeah, that's something that I think these books also do really well is trauma like talking about trauma and having characters experience trauma and like live with it Um, because we see that with stripe. like stripe still is absolutely traumatized from almost dying in the river in the last book yeah the continuity there is exceptional it is like especially for kids books you know as we saw a little bit with Cinderpaw and we will continue to see with, with Cinderpaw is how she's gonna deal with Silverstream's death and that sort of being her, you know, first outing uh, as as a medicine cat on her own. And the way that Blue Star has just was just broken by Tiger betrayal. I don't know. I, I, I think that the books do it well, but I'm also not an expert on writing about trauma, so
1: Well, she didn't wanna believe it. Like even though Fireheart would gather all this mm-hmm. evidence. And it, I don't know, Tiger Claw to me, just reading the book, seemed like a generally shady dude. But Blue Star was just refusing; she like could not see that, which is ironic because she's otherwise very observant, very wise, and a and a good leader. But I think for her, trust mm-hmm. runs so deep and is so core to who she is. Like she didn't want to give up the just the idea that she couldn't trust her deputy like that.
2: Uh, I love that these characters don't just operate off of like logic though; they operate off of emotionality which is something I always mm-hmm. look for in good writing, frankly. We all agree that
0: this is the best written of the three, correct? Oh, yes. Well, and I, something that I noted is that the writing in this one feels different. Now, I don't know a lot of the like meta stuff about which of the authors wrote each book, so Lola, let me know, Like, was this one written by a different person than the last
2: snap two. okay first of all this is one of the ones i have signed apparently i didn't even know that this not one was not just signed. by you Wait, well, yeah it's signed by you you said no but by aaron <laughs> hunter nice. uh i guess my dad maybe brought it to them i never even knew that this one was signed so thank you dad well okay so that was one of my questions right like is special thanks to code for thank you for writing the book
1: in my brief experience with books that have been ghostwritten, that is the case but i don't know for certain if it was the case for this series i will say this when i was reading the book the first few chapters were definitely the roughest and it got better as it went along i remember there was Mm -hmm. at one point one of my pet peeves popped up in the dialogue they're talking about red tail and the character then says he was our deputy then as you know like, no one has ever said that oh, ever.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, the, yes, the good old like, as you know. <laughs>
1: people seem, I mean, writers keep thinking this is good cover for exposition, and it never is. It just made me want to put the book down. Like, no. No.
2: What an odd thing <laughs> <Yeah>. to say.
1: <laughs> I'm just bringing that up now because we all agreed to come here.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. I, okay, so on the acknowledgement page, first of all, to Schrody hunting with Darkland, aka Aww. Schrodinger's cat. Ah, uh, yeah. How cute. And then special thanks to Cherith Baldry.
0: Well, I like it. It's great. Like a lot of the like sentence construction, like even on a sentence by sentence level, some of the sentence construction is just really neat. Yeah, it's great. On page 47, there's a whole sentence made up of basically dependent clauses separated by semicolons, which is neat. Like that's not something that is technically correct, but they do it anyway. Uh, I'm going to read the whole paragraph I will let you know when the sentence itself starts. It's just two sentences. Point out the two sentences
2: and tell us what's significant about them so that our viewers can learn.
0: Oh gosh. You're making me do the English teacher thing. I see what you're doing. So it begins, As Fireheart said goodbye to Yellowfang and went back to hunting, he felt a new surge of determination to bring Tigerclaw's guilt into the open. That is sentence one. For the sake of Redtail, murdered. For Ravenpaw, driven from the clan. For Cinderpaw, crippled. And for all the clan cats, both now and to come, who are in danger from Tiger Claw's greed for power. Which, yeah, like those second two sentences are not technically sentences. Um, they're made up of dependent clauses. They do not have any independent clauses, uh, which is a basically a subject and a verb that can stand on its own uh, as a sentence. And it's just neat. It's very like artistically constructed. I mean, that... Middle sentence, for the sake of redtail, comma, murdered, semicolon. For ravenpaw, comma, driven from the clan, semicolon. For cinderpaw, comma, crippled. It's just, it's a very nice parallel structure with that really nice, you know, rule of three. It's just beautiful. I just love it.
2: I'm so glad that that line stuck out to you because I got emotional reading it. I was like, this is beautifully constructed. It is.
1: I mean, just hearing you read it now, like, stirred me up a little. I'm like, yeah, get him, Fireheart. This guy needs to be stopped.
0: But it's good. And like I have, I mean, I'm not going to read all of them, but like I have lots of other sentences like that noted down that like, you know, that one isn't just a fluke. And like, yes, some of them are a little bit awkward. But I I think that that might have been like a me thing because I wasn't really used to it because the last two books were not written like this. But yeah, I did really like it.
1: Even the sentences that are not terribly experimental still hit pretty hard. Like I've, there was one little bit towards the end I caught where Fireheart's reacting to Stripe leaving, and I'll just read this bit now.
0: Oh no, I'm gonna cry again. <laughs>
1: Fireheart recognized Mistyfoot, Silverstream's best friend. He knew she loved these, she knew she would love these kits as much as her own, but no cat could feel more strongly for Graystripe than Fireheart had done for four long seasons.
2: Oh, they've been friends Aww. for years! Genuinely heartbreaking. I felt the first two books often were a little over-explained, Mm -hmm. but um, page 198, I don't know why this really stuck out to me, but on the second dawn after the gathering, Fireheart woke in the warrior's den to find that Graystripe had already left. The hollow in the moss where his friend had been sleeping was quite cold. Mm. That hit. Because it it was like such a beautiful way of foreshadowing that he would have to sleep without the warmth of his best friend. Yeah. Moving forward, which is so tragic.
1: Yeah, definitely that hits differently knowing what would happen.
2: Oh. Hashtag long distance relationship things, but I definitely do turn over sometimes expecting my girlfriend to be there. Oh. And then uh, she's not because we're not on vacation. And then I get sad.
1: It's also just like, not just the emotional punches too. Sometimes you'll get something that's very wise and insightful. Uh, like, I don't have the exact quote down here, but at some point, Blue Star is talking to, I think, Fireheart. And she says uh, something like, sometimes there are no good choices.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow,
1: that's mm-hmm. very insightful. And something a real leader would know.
2: Oh, I love this book explained to myself what i'm doing this for because i was like oh this is the warrior series Mm -hmm. that i fell in love with like it really brought back those feelings of being kin being like this is the best book ever yes
1: i mean it's like that with everything right the first couple or the one where they're just trying to figure it out get the thing up and moving but this is the book where it's like starting to find its groove and it's it's like season three of a tv show
2: yes yes or episode 3 of an excellent TV show or episode 3 of an excellent
0: podcast Aww. <laughs> this podcast isn't excellent <laughs> it's good i mean i don't know i haven't well, it's listened the to the only the only warrior cat's podcast that's true it doesn't matter if we're good or not we're the only ones you you will listen to us and like it because you don't have any other options <laughs> Can we talk about the moral dilemma
2: of Broken Star slash Tail?
1: Maybe that's like a story we need to hear one day. Like, what happened to Broken Star? Did his life become like bad news the second he was called Broken Kit?
2: Yeah, why
0: was he called Which, Broken That sounds
1: like Kit. a mean name for a cat, by the way. Like, can you get that first part of your name changed? Oh,
0: yes, he he was on his last life. In Fang's secret, he
2: is born alongside two sisters, but he's the only one who survives. And he's named after the kink in his tail, as well as the feeling Yellowfang felt, thank you, Warriors Wiki, very well written, in her heart at the time of his birth. That's sad. Also, he was fostered by the only queen in the nursery, who was named Lizardstripe, which is, I don't want Lizardstripe to be my mom. (laughs) The young, I I don't know anything about her, but um, yuck the young kit suffers emotional neglect from lizard stripe and is constantly bullied by his foster siblings oh come on oh okay well he had a hard life that definitely justifies everything he, he did it doesn't obviously but I can conceive <laughs> of him being down to his last life given the circumstances it just feels yes. very convenient
1: wait don't you get the nine lives when you're named the clan leader
2: yep yes and
1: didn't he usurp the clan only recently yep okay uh-huh. this This is not adding up.
2: Well, my question is maybe did he realize that he was down to his last life? So he was like, it's now or never. I'm going to make something of myself before I die from being, like, attacked by rats or something like that. Or getting green cough.
1: (laughs) Well, though, he lost one of his lives in the struggle, right? Fighting Mm -hmm. ThunderClan. Right.
2: Well, maybe he was like, I'm down to two. That's a problem. It's time to be evil. So I wonder,
0: and now I don't know that this is the case, just... Because based on other things that I've read, um, it would be interesting if Clan took away the nine lives or like brought you back down to one when you lost your, like when you stopped being a clan leader or when you were, basically when you like turned against them, they decided, oh, no, you don't get these anymore. Sorry. And like, I don't think that that's how that works, but it could possibly be an explanation, even if it's not a great one. It's like getting impeached.
1: Yeah
2: yeah you don't get all the privileges you used to.
1: Maybe there's just a lot of death for him we're not seeing. And, you know, i th- I expected more death in this book because it was called Forest of Secrets. And, you know, it's a well-known fact that curiosity is one of the leading causes of death for cats.
2: Uh, <laughs> I thought that was good. I still
1: I stole that joke. very yeah.
2: funny. where, okay, now I'm looking around for my like warriors super guide. Cause who, who
0: all are we pouring one out for in this book? Just Silverstream. Oh, I don't think that Broken Tail deserves it is the thing. Really? We're not pouring one out for him. He's a bad guy.
2: Oh, I thought you meant that he didn't deserve to die. I was like, really, Zoe,
0: please. Oh a- no, he, a- he does not deserve. He does not deserve an immemorial. Oh, so I think we
1: should at least acknowledge him without highlighting him. Because he did die.
0: Broken Star, page
2: sixty-eight. Well, Wolver- can we read his little thing? Yes. Wow, his portrait is very sad. Aww. Um, he's sitting like in the pouring rain, like all he solemn and alone. That's very sad. Born in secret to Shadow Clan medicine cat Yellowfang and raised by Lizardstripe, a queen who had no wish to nurse an extra mouth at her belly. Oh. Broken Star walked a twisted path from the start. From the moment he opened his eyes he was determined to prove to his clanmates that he was stronger, braver, and more ferocious than they could ever be. Unflinchingly loyal to his clan and the warrior code, he quickly became deputy to the leader, his father, Raggedstar. So he's a nepotism baby. Ah, Nepo baby alert. And then killed Raggedstar in order to become leader himself, despite knowing that he was sending his own father to star clan. Uh, when he stood at the head of ShadowClan, Brokenstar oversaw a reign of terror, unleashing attacks on WindClan and training the smallest kits to fight in the thick of battle. When Yellowfang could no longer bear to treat the wounds on cats who would still have been in the nursery, she spoke out against this practice and was exiled from the clan. Brokenstar continued his bloodthirsty leadership, driving out WindClan and setting his sights on taking over ThunderClan territory as well. But he overextended himself and underestimated his neighbors and ended up, thank you for two ands, Aaron Hunters, and ended up blind and captive in the ThunderClan camp. Yellowfang grudgingly cared, grudgingly cared for him? Shouldn't it be begrudgingly cared? I think either is technically fine. Yellowfang grudgingly cared for him, still without telling him the truth about his birth. I
1: feel like this has a lot of editorializing in it.
2: Yeah. When Brokenstar plotted with Tigerclaw to launch an attack on Thunderclan from within, Yellowfang took it upon herself to end her son's blood-stained life. (laughs) What a great sentence. She is metal as- Feeding him death berries. She told him exactly who had kidded him and how he had brought his destruction upon himself. Broken Star continued to rage against the clans from the Dark Forest. Hmm. And then it has spoilers for further. um The Dark Forest. Have we talked about that yet? Because there's a heaven nope. and hell.
1: I have no knowledge <laughs> of Dark Forest.
2: Has it even you been will. Brought up yet? Nope. Okay, we will talk about the Dark Forest later. And then I'm going to look for Silverstream. She's the best. She's not the best. She's pretty good. Rip Silverstream. Let's genuinely pour out a tall glass of water for Silverstream because she was a tall glass of water. She was. She
0: was so hot. The books made sure to make it clear that she was super hot.
1: Also, I'm finding here just sort of an aside, a list of all these Chinese trading cards. (gasps) There's like over a dozen of these. Can you send me the list? Sure. Someone on Reddit posted a guide all of them how do i pictures. acquire
2: these
1: oh. uh they say you can buy it from morningstar okay which is i guess like a store in on the internet Thank there you. there you go there's like pictures and details about all of them
2: I have not yet received an answer back from Mr. eBay seller, so.
1: I gotta say the covers for these, or the logo for the Chinese edition is like, it goes pretty hard.
2: Yeah, the Chinese- claw
1: like marks on it.
2: The Chinese editions look amazing. Yeah. Um, also, I love that in the books they're like, Silverstream had such a beautifully shaped head and sleek, thick fur. Of course Ugh. he was in love with her. And then you look at the picture of her and she's just like a cat. <laughs> But we're supposed... It's just like with Fireheart. How we're supposed to know he's a handsome cat to other cats. We're supposed to know that Silverstream is very attractive to other cats. She just looks like a cat, though. <gasps> what? I'm just... I'm looking at these cards. It's, they're silly. Hang on. I will look at the cards and then I will read the entry.
0: Well, sub, I mean, some of them are ones that we have not met yet. Oh. But we'll be meeting in a couple series. What? I love these! Oh my gosh. In the
1: video... Someone like went into great efforts to make this video of their like how they store these like wow
2: fire paws oh my portrait sucks great so this is going to become my new like weird hobby isn't it yes <laughs> this is going to be my new sure, weird no hobby problem. and every episode we can talk about how i've acquired more warrior cats trading cards
1: well if we have a social media we can like post pictures and stuff yes on there. Like,
2: yeah keeping
1: up with uh lolo's trading card did, collection did you just call me lolo i said lola
2: okay I'm just checking. I'm like, that's cute. Give me a nickname.
1: I mean, I feel like I would come up with a better nickname than that, but I guess Lolo's okay. Maybe that's what I'll just say I'll now. will just keep Lolo. it on the
2: low. <laughs> um, all right. Shall I read Silverstream's obit? Yes. As Crooked Star's only surviving daughter, with her mother Willow Breeze, aw, lost soon after giving birth. What? Silverstream was a feisty headstrong young cat who could bend her father to her will with little effort. Okay. But her impulsive nature was tempered by gentleness inherited from her mother and she was loved by all her clan mates. Silverstream was a river clan warrior through and through with fresh water running in her veins. That sounds dangerous. And she never intended to fall in love with a Thunder Clan warrior. Ew. It doesn't say ew but I felt She saved Graystripe from drowning, not with any romantic notions, question mark? I would say intentions, personally. But because RiverClan cats were not in the habit of letting dead cats pollute their source of prey. it's so hard. So I guess this confirms, this book confirms that that is when they met. Mm -hmm, And she only saved him because she was like, I don't want to deal with a dead cat. Gross. When Mm -hmm. Graystripe begged to see her again... (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, they're doing gray strike dirty hair.
2: Wow, they're really making him out to look like a desperate flirt. I mean... Silverstream agreed out of curiosity. And you know what they say. <laughs> her fondness for the Thunder Clan <laughs> warrior grew in spite of all of her instincts to stay loyal to her clan. When they met Aww. in secret, it felt as if she were walking on thorns. And fish stuck in her throat when she returned to her clanmates at the fresh kill pile. Oh. But she could not deny the pull of her heart. And when she discovered she was expecting Graystripe's kits, her fears were balanced by joy that she would raise a new generation. Aww. Tragically, she bled to death giving birth at the foot of Sunning Rocks, desperately trying to reach her mate. Which also, the symbolism of death at Sunning Rocks. Bravo, Aaron Hunters, for that one. Because now they're introducing all of these parallels from, like, Okay, here's the thing. Book one, two, expository, mostly. Books Mm -hmm. three and onward, I hope. Book three was really strong with the amount of like, hey, remember the conflict at Sunning Rocks? That's where Silverstream's gonna die. And she and Bluestar are parallels. It is hard to know if Silverstream would have been happy to live in ThunderClan, closed in beneath trees and out of sight in the sound of her beloved river. But if love could give her the courage to break the warrior code, it might have given her happiness with Graystripe. And I'm going to counter, uh, Graystripe would have gone to RiverClan. Yeah. Let's be real. I mean, he did
1: that. go to RiverClan.
2: Yeah. Like, he did. He's a simp. He's like, he would have gone with her for sure. Not the other way around. Yes. He would have been like, yeah, I'll, I'll learn s- to swim, even though I'm terrified of water. And I will, uh, eat fish. Stinky, stinky fish. Because I, I love my stinky <laughs> fish, girl. <laughs> He loved that stinky fish girl. He did. She was his
0: stinky fish girl. What a wonderful character. Yeah, pour one out. To bring it back around real quick before we wrap it up here. In this book, uh, they bring up badgers a couple of times and Cloud Kit, uh, Cloud Paw, as he now is known, uh, is actually attacked by a badger. And that made me remember Uh, Because this is something that I had known before Badgers in the UK are very different from badgers here in North America And I wonder which of the badgers uh, they are intending Because the authors are British It's a British badger Yeah, but the thing is British badgers are sweet and snuffly And they're the cute little black and white striped ones And they're wonderful It's American badgers that are the like Listen to me. American Badgers. It's the American Badgers that are the... like scary ones like they're the ones that
2: look like they would like mug you true i still think that they got in with a british i think they somehow annoyed a british badger to the point of fighting they did something i'm not even blaming the badger to be fair cloud kid is incredibly irritating gosh this book did a great job like balancing the biggest drama yet with again like banality of warrior cat's life but like They've created such a fun sandbox to play in. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and then you and your friends, when you're playing on the playground and you're playing warriors, you can get attacked by a badger. Anyways, back to the socio-political conflict.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All the best middle grade and young adult books have that balance. And I think that this book does it very well. Uh, Jose, where, uh, what do you expect or hope for the story? As it goes forward in the future books.
1: Well, we already mentioned one thing that's definitely going to happen, and that's Tiger Claw. He's going to be up to some no good. I'm sure he and the other outlaw cats will get together and cause some general mischief. What they'll do, how they'll do it, I have no idea. But I fully expect that to be a thing in the future. Um, as for Thunderclan, they need to like rebuild right now. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I mean, it'd probably be a very boring book if they're just focusing on getting everything back in order again. So I imagine some calamity will hit them in the next one, but I'm not sure what. Um, It'll be interesting to see how clan relations move forward. It feels like Fireheart is being set up to be like the crucial cat who holds it all together. Because even though the other clans all have beefs with ThunderClan... They all have like people within them that at least like or respect Fireheart, mm. um, except for Shadow Clan. They don't seem to have much regard for Fireheart right now. So I'm expecting him to bring some kind of healing to the clans and some form of unity in the future.
0: All right. Well, do we want to go ahead and do our ratings for this book? I know that we've all said that it is our favorite so far, but if we could put a number out of 10 to describe how much of a favorite it is, Uh, Lola? I would do a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Jose? Took
1: the word right out of my mouth. It's a nine.
0: Yeah, I think it's got to be nines across the board. This one's going to be really high up on the rankings. It is. All right. Um, well, thank you all so much for listening. Please help control the pet population and have your pets spayed and neutered. And until next time, we have been the only Warrior Cats podcast. And fire alone can save our clan. The Only Warrior Cats podcast is hosted by Zoe B., Lola Sebastian, and Jose, and is edited by Lola Sebastian. Our intro music was written and performed by Neil Farrell of The Leftist Cooks, and our podcast art was drawn by Odd McName. The Only Warrior Cats Podcast is produced by Nebula. If you'd like to support the show, you can come join the clan over at patreon.com slash Podcast, where memberships start at just $1 a month. You can get lots of cool perks like end-of-episode shoutouts, having your cat's meows be forever enshrined as a podcast sound effect, and getting access to our exclusive bonus episodes where we cover all the Warriors content outside the main series. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.